You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for mid-August. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week isn't Sleeping Dogs. And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Quake World Mega Team Fortress. That's not a thing. Sure it is. It was just it was like 15 years ago, so I don't know if that really counts as a thing anymore. But it was once. Okay, Quake World Mega Team Fortress. Yeah, because when Quake initially came out, the netcode was so bad on it that Carmack had to write a patch. Because when they tested all of the netcode, they were on a LAN or using a T1, etc., and it all worked fine. But uh, not everybody had a T1 in the mid '90s, so um, yeah, they had to rewrite it, and it was called Quake World. Man, then, if, uh, if we knew then what we know now, <laughs> the '90s would have been very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, you have some big news this week. Let's just cut to the chase. What is your news story of the week? Because I want to hear about this. All right. Well, my uh, today I launched a Kickstarter for the first game uh, for my small startup game studio, Two Lonely Captains. And uh, the game's called uh, Captain Patch, The Curse of the Peg Leg Spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, I just want to make clear, because it's it's not necessarily clear when you are saying it and not writing it, it is not Captain Patch. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's like Captain Crunch. It's like Captain Patch, because it's well, like, that's how Pirates talk. All right. I mean, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pretender, you know. <laughs> uh, and this is an iPhone game you've been working on, yes? Yes. Uh, iPhone, iPad, and hopefully uh, Android, uh, but just kind of focusing on the old iPhone, iPad thing first, um, and it's a rhythm game, but it's a piratey rhythm game, uh, except it's a spider pirate, and uh, he's kind of a he's kind of a bad, uh, just he's not a good person. So uh, I'm excited to write a story about a, a pirate that has a horrible um, uh, morale, not morale, morality, issues. morals. Yes. <laughs> now wait a minute. You say he's horrible, but I thought he was like a cute little cartoon character. Like he seemed, he seemed like a pretty lovable fella. And his bad guy. I mean, there's enemies. Like you've got the uh, sure. there's a Kraken kind of like you've got. Those are the horrible ones. So he's the he is our protagonist. He's not truly horrible, isn't he? Just a little misunderstood, maybe. Sure, sure. It's just the kind of person that no one would really like, you know, initially to be around. But that, that's part of the charm of, of Captain Patch is that he's a he's kind of a ne'er do well who manages to, uh, I don't know, completely, you know, um, alienate everybody he uh, runs into and uh, and manages to take uh, credit for just about everything that anybody does around him. And now, what did you say? It's a rhythm game, so this sounds like, explain what the gameplay would be like. I mean, I, I certainly know, as a Patapon fan, and uh, I, you know, and a guy who plays you know, rock band and whatnot, I'm totally down with rhythm games. What is this one like? Well, this one um, kind of goes to a almost Parappa the Rapper kind of feel. Uh, it's it's based on hitting things as it goes over a point, but it's not, say, like a guitar hero or anything where you're actually playing a song. It's, uh, it's more of a keeping up with the rhythm um, to get points. Patapony, uh, then. Very very much like Patapon, right? Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah, I haven't played Patapon in a while, so it's been a... And are you progressing a story about this guy? Are the different levels yeah. like different adventures? 
Uh, yeah, he starts out uh, on his ship uh, uh, during a mutiny, and um, from there it just uh, goes downhill for him. He uh, he ends up uh, having uh, having adventures all all through the five and a half seas, which he's only aware of five and a half. So <laughs> wait a minute, no one told him about the other one and a half seas. Yeah, no, we wanted to keep that from him. <laughs> I maybe an in-app purchase. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could probably get the other C and a half. Yeah, I think I, I think I could probably work that out. <laughs> uh, and um, how how far along are you in terms of working on the game? I know you've showed me some of the concept art in the past. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the engine is uh, partially complete. Really, what I need to do uh, at this point, and what part of the Kickstarter, uh, a large part of the Kickstarter, is this, uh, we need to hire uh, someone to finish up our graphics, and we need to be able to finish the gameplay elements. Uh, the engine is uh, created, and uh, part of the music is, but I need to sit down and finish the fiddling to make sure it's uh, it's a good time as well as a working game. And this is uh, you and your friend. Who's your partner in the uh, in the company? Uh, Christopher Vogel. He's Vogel? A, yeah, he's an old friend of mine. He uh, we met. Uh, he was a friend of my wife's uh, in high school, and uh, we met when I moved to Cincinnati. And we've been pretty good friends ever since. And uh, we're both programmers. Uh, he's a musician um, as well. So he is working on our Pirates uh, dubstep uh, soundtrack, which we're calling either Pirate Step or R Step. Not really sure exactly where to go with it, though. I like that. Uh, you should probably let him do the music, McMaster. Yeah, probably. I mean, I could probably, you know, do something, but it's not going to be good. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be good. All right, so uh, you have, we'll, we'll keep folks abreast of how this is going. You've got 29 days to go. Everyone, we've got our fingers crossed for you to support it go to kickstarter and what just look for uh captain patch what's the easiest way to search and find this on kickstarter uh yeah captain patch what uh i you know i, I wonder if it shows up with ju- without the apostrophe or you know not the apostrophe but uh, no, everybody knows it's cap apostrophe in everybody's eaten and seen a box of captain crunch actually it shows up without it okay so just capn patch yeah Oh yeah, that uh, that'll find it, and uh, you know I'm also just talking about it in a bunch of different places. So uh, you can follow my Twitter if you want at McMaster, not the university. Uh, and uh, any questions anybody has, feel free to send over, and uh, we will be releasing a lot more stuff about the game over the next few days. Uh, but we have initially just our our first video and a quick blurb about it. So um, I will definitely be linking this here because uh, you know I've talked uh, at least a bit more about the gameplay. Um, so hopefully, um, you know everybody take a look at it, and we'll uh, we'll get enough pledges to make it. All right, good. All right, so that's uh, that's bigger news than anything that came out of GamesCon, as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> they had uh, that, uh, it's a German games convention, and I can you think of a single announcement? Oh, I guess they're, what is Remember Me? Like, Remember Me is some stealth memory-jacking game. I don't even know who's doing that. Is that Ubisoft? That might be Ubisoft. Yeah, no, I haven't really heard much out. You know, honestly, it's it's well, there, weird. Uh, there have been some announcements, but just nothing Sony. has really grabbed me. Oh yeah, what was Sony's deal? Uh, they had that uh, the parody thing or whatever, where you're, like you got 
if you purchase certain PS3 games, you got the Vita or Vita, whatever the hell it is, version free. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, that's, um, that's not a very sexy announcement. No, I mean, it, I mean, they're trying to do the value add on the Vita, but you know, good luck. I bet they are. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, then that leaves for my news of the week. I have two bits. So I have two half news stories of the week. This one, maybe by the time you listen to this, won't even be news because it will have been out. But there's the new cooperative mode for Team Fortress 2, which I'm really psyched to play. Uh, Man versus Machine. Um, McMaster, are you on board with me for that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Team Fortress 2. Okay, I need you to be the doctor and just hang back and just focus that little uh, healing beam on me. Don't don't fiddle with anything else. Just keep me healed, okay? Can you do that? Yeah, sure. I play the medic. Okay, that's your job. Uh, don't try to shoot people. Don't try to get points. Just keep me alive. Hey, keeping you alive will be points enough. Trust <laughs> me. Uh, now, do we know, will it work with fewer than six? Because it's six, the, the classes, it's six versus waves of robots. Do we know if it'll work with fewer than six? I hope so. Uh, you know, I was wondering that as well uh, earlier. I was wondering if it'll add bots or if, you know, it'll team you up. Hopefully it wouldn't team you up, but you never know. Uh, I would prefer just, you know, either not bots or bots, you know, whatever. Well, one of the reasons that I don't play a lot of Team Fortress 2 is that you can't play it really with small teams. I mean, they're, they're the different classes that have such exaggerated strengths and weaknesses that you really need a full complement uh, on either side to get the most out of the gameplay. So I, my concern, and we'll know perhaps by the time people are listening to this because it will be out, but my concern is that they expect it to be a full party of six players on the human side. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not. Because it's interesting, McMaster, you think for our co-op needs, there are, uh, you know, if you just have, if you want to play a great co-op game and you just have two people, like what would you think of, McMaster? Let's say you and I, we want to do some co-op gaming what what would you think of for two players? For two players specifically, uh, yes. two know, things come would, to mind for me. What? Modern Warfare Three does very good, right? Uh, or actually, Modern Warfare Two for that matter, because I really liked their missions. No, no um, horde mode though, so forget that. Well, yeah, but you know, whatever. Um, the uh, or yeah, horde mode really. I mean, that's not a bad, not a bad one either. Honestly. Or another one for co-op play, which you and I just played a fair bit of. Oh, Darkness, right. Yeah, of course. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That actually goes to four. But uh, it does work oh. with two, but Orcs Must Die too. Oh, right, yeah, actually. I, I knew there was something I was missing, because I knew there was another game that now, was two-player only. Let's say that someone like uh, wanted to join us, and hey, there's three of us now, like like that, that fella Ian Palma from last week, who talked sh- shmups shooters with us. Let's say he's yeah. going to join us. we got three players, so we can't do Orcs Must Die 2. We can't do Modern Warfare 2. What do we go to then? Three players, huh? Hmm. Darkness two. You kind of you mentioned darkness two, like that. Would yeah, be darkness two. You'd have to do gears, I guess, at that point. Oh I mean, yeah, but now we're on the three sixty. But that is a good point. Exactly. You could go to the three sixty, do some gears. Although, uh, don't you kind of need four to really get very far with the the new horde mode? Uh, it kind of depends on how good the people are. That's true. Like That's it. very true. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, jeez, I don't know for. You know, and three players not that great in most real-time strategies, so that's pretty much out. Hmm. Uh, heist, I think, or Payday the Heist. Oh, sure, sure. Or uh, Borderlands. Hey, Borderlands is Very good, very Borderlands, fun. yeah. So what I'm hoping is that, that Valve isn't thinking, hey, this is only for six players. You know, you need six. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, that's 
part of that's my news. That's half of my news of the week. The other half of my news of the week is that Funcom has announced issue number two for their DLC for Secret World. Uh, it is called, oh, what is the name of it? I should look it up. It is called Digging Deeper, and it adds, of course, new stories, uh, including the option to change your uh, characters, like more cosmetic visual options for faces and hair and whatnot. Those were fairly limited when the game came out. So back in the town hubs, there's going to be a new plastic surgeon slash barber where you can take advantage of more uh, customization for characters. Uh, amongst the new stories, uh, they have one storyline, uh, and finally they are appreciating how, how much value their voice actors add because they are touting in their new storyline a famous actor. Uh, Rickmaster, do you know who this is? Uh, I don't actually. I don't okay. think I saw the. Uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guess. Ready? Who would you think of? This is a famous actor from the hit movie Armageddon. Oh wow! If, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to play it immediately? He is adding. He is playing one of the voices. He's playing uh, Dr. Anton Aldini. Anton Aldini, uh, and he is one of the most memorable actors from Armageddon. Who comes to mind for you, Jason L. McMaster? Bruce Willis? No, please. Ben Affleck? No, how dare you? How I, dare Armageddon. you? Armageddon. I mean, I haven't seen Armageddon in a really long time. I don't really, really remember much about it. I mean, uh... That, that, that can be addressed. Really? I should watch Armageddon? <laughs> it's a great what movie. What are you saying? Oh, my God. What? You dispute that? Don't get me started, McMaster. I will, I will drive this podcast off the rails into an asteroid. You know what I will do? I will watch the Rushmore play version of Armageddon. No, because that does not have Peter Stromari as a whacked out. Why did you? Why didn't you say any movie but Armageddon for Peter Stromari? Yeah, I mean, come on, you could. What? I don't know. Let's see, Fargo. uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. <laughs> Just go down the line, you know. Silly hey, room. No, but come on. Armageddon, I think. Dancer in the Dark. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a cheery one. But at any rate, they, they finally, because they had uh, a great horror actor named Jeffrey Combs in, in the original game, and you would never know it from their press releases and whatnot. And I even playing the game was like, I'm pretty sure that's Jeffrey Combs, and had to look it up. But now they finally are hip to the fact that if you pay for a name, you should let people know. So for their Dig Deeper expansion, they are announcing that Peter Stormari is one of the voices. And that, by the way, McMaster, I think is great value added for doing DLC. Like, it's one thing to just get missions, but to actually hire uh, a recognizable actor where you're like, yeah, I want to hear what kind of character this guy is going to do. I think that's a great selling point for, for DLC. Uh, and it, I say selling point, it's free, of course, assuming that you're a sure. subscriber. Um, they also are adding in Dig Deeper a rocket launcher. Oh, God. Yeah, what do you think of that? Like, as a new weapon type? Yep, it's a whole new bit. Of, they're, they're calling it an auxiliary uh uh, I think, branch on the skill tree. And they're adding another slot to your uh, skills, too, I think. I think it goes from seven to eight active skills now, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, like, I don't want them to just start... Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's... Force the tough choices you have to make with fewer slots. And to be honest with you, when I play that game quite a bit, I um, I don't I don't actually use the far-down keys unless I have to anyway. I mean, right. I, usually you have to try to, like, find some way to make an effective, you know, uh, combination out of those. So, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of that. 
But uh, I do like the idea of having a rocket launcher. Oh, sure. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. Uh, kind of makes you want to do that. Uh, what's the mission with the cargo ship? Uh, do you know the name oh. of it? I forget. Oh, Polaris? Polaris, yes. Kind yeah. of makes me want to do Polaris just so I can use a rocket launcher against the final boss. But I don't want oh, to say yeah. who it is, but he's the guy who I want to shoot a rocket launcher at. Uh, he's irritating. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. Uh, so that's my news of the week is uh, the Man vs. Machine add-on for Team Fortress 2, which McMaster, you and I will be playing and I presume talking about nice. next week. And uh, Funcom announcing the next round of DLC for Secret World. So. Yes. McMaster, let's get into some games of the week, because I, I'm in a bit of a pickle here. I have like about seven that I want to mention, so you're going to have to help me narrow it down. All right. All right. Okay. Should I just start, and then we'll go to yours? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Sleeping Dogs... I already said is not my game of the week. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm curious, but I'm not that curious. Yeah, so I can't pick that one. Uh, didn't care for Sleeping Dogs. There's a, a review on the, the, the front page. Uh, and, and mainly, I guess it all comes down to the fact that I feel that everything Sleeping Dogs tries to do has already been done effectively, better, uh, in, in a splashier way, in other open-world games. Um, so I, I just was not... It just it just felt dated. I did like the Hong Kong setting though; that was kind of cool. Uh, I did enjoy that, but on the whole, I'd rather be in Penal, uh, just causes just cause two's fictional country. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> so I'm going to rule out Sleeping Dogs from my game of the week. That will not be happening. Uh, now I'm a little conflicted about Darksiders two. Did you did you play much of the first one, McMaster? Uh, I played a bit of it. I, I actually I liked it, but uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think I played it long enough to get really really into it. Well, it, Darksiders One does a weird thing where it really does um, hold back a lot of its content as you play. Like like you'll you'll have played it for twenty hours and it'll introduce some really cool new mechanic uh, that is admittedly borrowed from other games, and I have no problem with that if it can do it well. And I thought Darksiders did its borrowed mechanics well. But it would save things for way down the road. like, And I appreciated that. I appreciated that it, it wasn't all up front. You knew what you were getting. As you play longer, there are surprises in store. So that's one of the things that is kind of keeping me going in Darksiders 2, is I'm wondering, well, is there going to be a bunch of cool stuff that they're just not showing me yet? Um, and I don't know if they're taking that approach here. It seems like what's newest in Darksiders 2 is they decided just add Diablo. And what I mean by that is there's a a fairly detailed skill tree, and every now and then you get a skill point, so you can pick either a new skill or you can add your point into into an old skill and improve it. Uh, And I don't feel Darksiders really needs that. And another bit of Diablo they've added is this loot. You know, you're constantly finding pieces of loot, and you can equip them you know when you when you stand on a piece of loot a little dialogue box comes up and it shows you its stats and it shows you whether or not it will improve or degrade the stat compared to what you currently have equipped so there's a lot of sitting there deciding do i like these boots or those boots do i like this scythe or that scythe do i want to wear this these pauldrons or those pauldrons uh and i don't feel that's that darksiders needs that darksiders was a very I guess you might say more like uh, it, it had discrete bits of gameplay that were like, here's some Zelda, here's some God of War, here's a little bit of platforming, go. 
and to then fold into that, you know, here's a gear chase, here's a loot chase, uh, here's a, a you deciding over where to spend your skill point. Uh, I, ju- I just wonder if they haven't added a little, you know, one game too many into their equation. So, I don't know. Uh, I also, you know, it's got a very cartoony look, uh, and I kind of appreciate the energy that goes into that. It's very colorful, and the characters look really cool, and uh, the, the guys that you're fighting on behalf of are these big Scottish um, kind of like giants uh, that sound different and neat and cool, and I, I like talking to those guys, and I like running into them. Um, but when the fighting starts... Uh, it seems like Darksiders 2 is such this crazy swirl of just effects and colors and now numbers because they, they show you the, the damage you're doing and it's color-coded based on whether it's frost damage or fire damage. But when I get into combat, I'm just like locking on a target and just spamming buttons. And I'll try to do some of the rhythms to get some of the special attacks in. But for the life of me, I cannot see what's going on or who's doing what to whom. Uh, it's just this crazy swirl of polygons and colors. Um, so maybe that's just a matter of the kinds of things I'm fighting. But it kind of makes me appreciate some of the fighting games like, and, and Sleeping Dogs applies to this, like Assassin's Creed or Batman, where they're just so clear with the animation, you know, who's doing what to whom at any time. Uh, I really appreciate appreciate how clean those games look. Um, and this is much splashier God of War stuff, I guess. Uh, I also uh, just discovered in Darksiders 2, it, it pre- mostly playing up to now, I've just been following the main story quest, and that's pretty linear. You do this dungeon, and it unlocks that dungeon, and then you have to go into this dungeon to get these three doodads to unlock the next dungeon. And it was just getting a little oppressive. So I thought, well, you know what, I should explore. You know, the game should support that. So I just went off in some direction, and sure enough, I found some crazy dungeon. I don't know if I'm ever supposed to be there for the story. I don't think so. It looked entirely optional. It had a cool layout with its own little puzzles. It had its own boss that I couldn't beat yet. Um, And it felt great to realize, hey, this was waiting for me when I left the main storyline. And that was the last I played it. And it really made me think, okay, I want to get back in here and maybe move laterally a bit more rather than just going straight down the storyline. So I'm undecided about Darksiders 2, but looking forward to playing more. (laughs) Um, Let's see, so other candidates for for Game of the Week this week, McMaster. Mm. What do you you know about Hybrid? I don't know anything about Hybrid. So Hybrid is a shooter on Xbox Live Arcade from the folks who did Scribblenauts. Now... Now you might that might put in in your head, oh, you're spelling words or doing crazy things like that. No, nothing like that. This the the weird angle for hybrid. How to describe this? So hybrid is like a shooter where you don't actually walk around the level. You are all almost you are always in, almost always in cover, and when you're in cover, you're either shooting at other guys in cover or you're looking at another point of cover and pressing a button to just fly over there. You're never walking around. You're never having to, like, uh, you know, circle strafe or anything like that. You're just either moving from cover to cover or you're sitting in cover shooting at the other guys. So it's got a very tactical feel where it's all about trying to flank. Um, And you only have three players on each team, so it's not a big, crazy team-based thing. You know, your contribution is 33 and a third percent of the equation. You know, you're a big part of what's going on. Uh, so I, I like its approach. It's weird. It feels different. 
there's a whole bunch of unlockable weapons and secondary abilities. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm really liking it so far. Uh, still, it, it, it's based heavily on leveling up to unlock new stuff. And, of course, with that are these really annoying options to micro-buy stuff and, and pay to unlock things. Uh, I hated that when I first saw it. But as I played, I realized, okay, you're unlocking stuff fairly quickly anyway, so maybe it's not that bad. Uh, and kind of like Max Payne, which you and I really liked the unlockables in that and how you could build oh, yeah. characters, they have some cool secondary abilities here. It seems like there's some cool options to build different kinds of characters in hybrid. Um, so hybrid is another candidate, possible candidate for uh, Game of the Week. Uh, and then finally, McMaster, we mentioned Modern Warfare 3 earlier. Modern Warfare 3 just added some DLC, which includes something now called Chaos Mode. Do you know you what love that the is? chaos stuff, don't you? Normally I'm a big fan of chaos, and this is certainly chaotic. <laughs> uh, but Chaos Mode, it, it works for up to two players. You can also play it singly. It's kind of Horde Mode. But, but like, turned up to 11 with a crazy scoring multiplier dynamic where you shoot a guy, and then now you've got a two-times multiplier. You shoot another guy, now you've got a three-times multiplier. You shoot another guy, now you've got a four-times multiplier. So you're trying to get that multiplier up, and to actually cash in points, you need to pick up their dog tags, which they drop. So it's all about killing guys to get the multiplier up and then grabbing their dog tags to actually cash in on the multiplier. But the thing is, they start coming at you so incredibly fast. It gets absurd. It gets absolutely ridiculous how many dudes are on screen firing at you at once. And because Modern Warfare 3 is normally a highly lethal game where you know you take a few yeah. shots and you're dead, they just pile on a whole bunch of armor and a whole bunch of those, uh, those things where you can shoot someone to resurrect yourself. Uh, so they just give you all this extra health, all these options to get back up from, from getting killed. They eventually start dropping power-ups around the field, and you eventually are playing with a multiplier. It, it gets to be like Geometry Wars or something. You know, you've got your multiplier like 150 times, 300 times. You know, it's all about within the space of a time limit uh, your time will run out, and, and you have to stay alive as long as you can then. Uh, within the space of a time limit, get this crazy multiplier up super high and just mow down as many guys as you can. Uh, so I, I like it in theory, and as someone who's really getting into to shmups lately, where things like multipliers and whatnot are a big part of the game, I kind of appreciate what they're doing. Uh, but one of the disappointments is it only works on four maps. Uh, and I thought maybe you would unlock it, but it only works on the bottom tier of their horde mode maps, which are like... Like Dome, Resistance, uh, what are the other two? Uh, but at any rate, uh, it's, very, it's fairly limited as far as where you can play it. Um, so that, that's another option for Game of the Week. Uh, and if, oh, finally, McMaster, I'm going to add, I'm going to throw one more thing at you. I know this is All a right. lot. The Wolfpack DLC for Payday the Heist. Oh, oh. So it adds two new heists. You can uh, play this cool suburban neighborhood where you have to break into a safe in some dude's basement. And I don't want to give it away, but breaking into the safe ends up being a very elaborate thing that involves running all over the neighborhood. Uh, that's the one that I've played the most. The second mission is, good Lord, I don't even know what it is. Maybe I've never even played it because I've been busy trying to do their free hospital DLC mission. Uh, so there's two new missions, but more importantly, there's a new uh, skill track, which as you work your way down it, it unlocks an automatic machine pistol, then an AK-47, then a sentry gun, and eventually a freaking grenade launcher. Now, I've got a long way to go before I get my hands on that, uh, as far as grinding up levels for my character, uh, but 
you know, that's that's some long term sort of value that they add to characters with the Wolfpack DLC. So, so there you go. Those are my games of the week. I don't know that I can pick just one. Hmm. I don't know. I would. I personally would rather hear more about uh, the Wolfpack. Well, you know what? Why don't we play some of that later? All uh, right. And now, McMaster and Wolfpack, I need you to be the guy who guards. Who you have to wait in the car for oh. the getaway. So just wait in the car. Don't and and please, McMaster, don't fiddle with my presets on the radio because I set those to the stations that I like. I've talk radio on the far left, and then as I work my way across to the right, there starts to be like the pop music stations. Uh, so don't mess with those presets, okay? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I only need to know uh, which one has uh, has Thunderdome on it. Mm, maybe you know what? Don't. Yeah, just just stick with the talk radio. Just just leave it on on Rush Limbaugh and have that playing when we get back, okay? Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. So you're you're all over that Rush, are you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I like to listen to in the afternoons. I enjoy a little comedy, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. I gotta find out what he thinks of Paul Ryan. You know, I gotta find. Excuse me, I gotta find out what I'm supposed to think of Paul Ryan. So that's that's what I go. That's what I turn to my Limbaugh for. So, McMaster, when we do the new heist, wait in the car. Don't attract any attention to yourself. Keep the radio down low on talk radio, and just wait for us to get there. Okay. All right. Don't shoot any guns or anything. Leave that to us. <laughs> as long as no video drum shit happens, we're good. <laughs> Uh, one of the cool things about the DLC, by the way, is that if you own the DLC, you can still play with people who don't own it. As long as you host the game, you can you can have people who don't have the DLC play the new missions with you, which is kind of cool. I appreciate that they do that. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of DLC, McMaster, I don't know that it's available yet, but Orcs Must Die, the folks who did that, uh, that's Robot Entertainment? Am I screwing up their name? No, that's I think that's right. It's Robot. Yeah. So they've announced that they're going to be uh, posting new weekly challenges. Oh, I saw that. That looks really yeah. cool. And uh, what, what I like about that is it is it right now Orcs Must Die 2 is very open in terms of, you know, if you want to play this level with, with whatever traps and weapons and powers you want, you can freely reconfigure your loadout anytime you play. What I like about the weekly challenges is they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a set of traps and weapons this is the challenge. How well can you do with these tools? Because right now, there's really nothing in Orcs Must Die 2 to encourage you to use anything but your favorite tools. Uh, and the weekly challenges seem like a cool way to force people to mix that up. I'm looking forward to them starting those. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really interested in that as well. After playing a, a, you know, a good bit of the game, uh, I've unlocked a lot of skulls for it. Um, but it, it kind of you get burned out pretty quickly on some of those levels. Do you have a, a just a standard go-to trap loadout that you're using every time? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been using the haymaker, you know, that little yep. spinny thing, yeah, yep. and uh, the the mace, you know, the other thing that swings from the ceiling. Um, you can buy that for like 14 skulls. Uh, I've just been upgrading that using like the tar traps and just trying to like trap tunnels. Mm -hmm. And uh, archers, of course, are really nice as well. Do you think they should nerf archers? Are you relying too much on archers? Sometimes, but uh, I've also found that uh, if you rely too much on archers, you get murdered. What about the dwarves? How do you feel about the cute little dwarves throwing their bombs? 
Uh, they just seem really ineffective. You know, <laughs> like I don't know what it is. The archers, uh, well, they can kill flyers. So I mean, that's that's ah, already, good point. Right, right. That's already huge. And uh, I mean, the guardians are nice too, but really the big thing is the archers are the best like land unit. What is your weapon of choice? Uh, the crossbow. Uh, but I also have been using the acid bomb thing quite a bit because that's really powerful for wiping out groups. All right, so we'll we'll see if you can stick with that in your weekly challenges when you try those. You might have to mix it up a little, McMaster. I might, I might. I uh, I've been known to. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's see. So then, as my game of the week, I will just pick. I'm just going to go with Dark Sider. You know what? No, I'm going to go with Hybrid because right. I feel like it's not going to. I feel like Hybrid is going to vanish quickly, and you need to strike while the iron is hot. Uh, I think nobody's going to be playing this poor thing in two weeks, uh, and that's kind of a shame because it's different and weird, uh, and I kind of like it, and I wish it well. So there you go. I'm settling on hybrid. All right. All right. All right. Did I leave anything in the hopper for you, McMaster? I think I picked all games ever, it feels like. Uh, actually, you did miss a couple that I've spent a good amount of time with. Uh, I know one of them, by the way, and you're going to get an earful from me in a minute, but go ahead. All right. So... I, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> oh, you will find out. I. Uh, <laughs> You're in trouble, by the way. Oh, for God's sakes! Uh, you know, I um, the first one is uh, on Steam, and uh, it's Jamestown, uh, the shooter, um, vertical shooter. Yeah, it's vertical. Um, I, I can't remember exactly who it's by, though. Uh, I guess that would have been nice to know. But uh, we'll uh, just call them the Jamestown Gang. Yeah, now. the Jamestown Gang. That works. Uh, <laughs> It's a it's a vertical shooter based on I believe uh, is it Mars or there's a, where there's an alternate colony of Roanoke and the Martians are attacking. There's there's all sorts of crazy intergalactic uh, warfare uh, featuring Roanoke and Jamestown and uh, and the DLC for it's really cool because you can unlock more ships for like uh, well one's got Guy Fox for instance and. Uh, so, uh, but it's a uh, it's it's just a shooter that was inspired by, uh, or they've listed cave shooters amongst their their inspiration. Uh, but I've been playing uh, a good bit of that. And uh, really now, how do you play it? Is it with a mouse and keyboard, or is it just with WASD? Or what? What do you? How do you control your ship? Well, I have well, I have wired 360 controllers, which you do too, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, if you plug them into EPC or Mac, uh, it just they're automatically recognized for the most part. And so I've just been playing with my controller. Um, and I also have like the wireless receiver. So if I want to play with multiple people, which I tried the other day local, uh, I just uh, you know rewire my receiver. Um, to or my remotes to those or controllers to those receiver. Can I put my finger directly on the monitor to control my ship? Uh, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's not going to be very conducive to a high score. No, no. Um, <laughs> you would you would probably like Jamestown though because it's got that whole. Uh, it's it's weird because the first three levels you can just play on normal, but you can't unlock the fourth level until you've played the first three levels on difficult and then you can't unlock the fifth level until you've played the first four levels on uh legendary you know and stuff like that so it it kind of ramps up the difficulty and it, it gives you new ships and stuff to play with and challenges to buy uh it's a it's actually a really uh, pretty cool game mm-hmm. and uh well the other one i've been uh playing with now i'm curious if you're gonna 
But anyway, uh, so Death Smiles. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Why, why don't I see your name on the leaderboards? Oh, for <laughs> I've been playing uh, both the iPad and the 360 versions. Oh, the Death Smiles is on the 360. Yes. Does it have the? It's called smartphone mode on the iPad. Uh, so Death Smiles is a, sh- a shmup or an STG right. or a shooter or whatever you want to call it by Cave. Um, and we talked about them a fair bit last week with Ian Poma, who posts his Angry Coder and is a hardcore shooter fan. Uh, so at that time, we hadn't tried Death Smiles. Death Smiles is one of their shooters that. Um, so on the iPhone mode, it has something called smart. On the iPhone, it has something called smart mode. Which where you like you level up a character and you buy stuff. Is that in the 360 version? I don't think so, actually. Okay. Um, that, that makes sense because the 360 is not a smartphone. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, now it's weird. Uh, I I was looking for uh, cave shooters just uh, on Amazon, uh, looking around to see what if things are priced, and uh, of course it depends on uh, which game you look for. For instance, Moochie Moochie Pork and Pink Sweets, the import cave shooter, uh, is like a hundred bucks at least. So uh, yeah, and I only do that. But um, but Death Smiles, I saw a special edition was released by Axis Games, uh, AKSIS or whatever, uh, and uh, I found it for like eighteen bucks, and so I was like, "Hey, why oh, not? okay, this is this is the old fashioned like you put in a disc, you, you don't download it." Right, right. Now there are a couple that you can, or at least one cave shooter that I can think of you can download uh, in America. Uh, on the 360, uh, Gawinga, or, or I'm not sure, um, but that one, uh, but there's also a few, like, other really good shooters on the Xbox 360. But you can't put your finger on the TV to move your ship. No, you can't, you can't. <laughs> I, I've tried it, no, um, but no, I actually bought a ton of cave uh, shooters because they were on sale this week. Yes. Uh, did you end up getting any? I now own every cave shooter on the iPad, pretty much. I don't have Dodon Pachi like that one, which I'm probably going to go ahead and get. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's it's, it's a problem. I admit, I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, I have the same problem. Let's see, what have I got now? I've got Bug Princess, Bug Princess Two Black Label, Death Smiles, Dodon Pachi BD. Uh, DDPR HD and Espaglu. Now you're just you're just throwing letters together. You're not making any sense, yeah. McMaster. And Q nine or five seven black. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have THX one one three eight. Have you played Espagaluda? Yeah, so Espagaluda was how I started. Yep, I have played that one. Uh, I love the way it looks, the HD. But I, for me, I'm still a Bug Princess man. Like that's the one that's that's held my attention the most. Uh, Death Smiles is weird. Before we talk, before we move on, I want to talk about Death Smiles. So, uh, have you been playing their little smartphone mode? Have you tried that? No, I had just been doing like the arcade mode because I'm all uh, obsessed with the the score attack kind of stuff. So. Most of the cave shooters are very much based on that. Is depending on how good you are, how well you can finesse the scoring system, how either lucky or skilled you are with their risk reward mechanic, you'll get a high score. Death Smiles, that this little smartphone mode that it has, is all based on grinding. As you play, you earn money, which you used to buy new stuff for your little princess, and that improves her stats, which makes it easier to play, which makes you earn more money, which lets you buy more stuff, which lets you uh, get better stats, which lets you do better to earn more money. It's like this this sort of 
It's not a vicious circle because we all, as gamers, can tap into that. We all can dig that. Uh, it's sort of a grind-based shooter rather than skill-based. Um, and at a certain point, you unlock new skill levels. There's novice, normal, and I think it's called insane. Uh, so there's the three skill levels, and I haven't unlocked insane yet, but I, that's where I'm assuming you get to where you are really uh, – it's, it's more based on how good you are. You will, can get lucky and get super rare items. There's a lot of collectible awards, like for getting sets and stuff like that. Uh, but it's very much kind of a loot chase, and you have stats. Um, so I've, I've been getting into Death Smiles a lot because even if I suck, even if I don't do well, I feel like I'm advancing because so I'm earning gold. You also use the gold to buy continues. And it's not, a, it's not where you use a continue and it's used up. It's the total number of continues you have. So right sure. now, trying to get through normal... Because they get crazy. Like the first continue is ten thousand gold, and the next one is fifty thousand, and the one after that is eight hundred thousand. So they get super expensive. Uh, and I think at this point, I have like three continues trying to get through the normal mode. Um, and if you have played the arcade mode, and and as much as I get real fussy about stories and games and whatnot, uh, you know, this is an anime thing. It's about these 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 weirdly cute little anime magic Witch, user witches shit. yeah 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 they're like witches and one of them's like a fairy with a whip and I, whatever um but i i'm kind of into this like the story is kind of cute and depending on which of the girls you're using there's like a, a slightly different twist and when you play the smartphone mode it's a completely different take on the story that i really enjoyed this reveal at the end you know, have you been plugged, plugging away at this game for so long and just sort of tapping through the silly little cutscenes? So through osmosis, I'm just kind of knowing what's going on. By the time I got to the end of the level, and this doesn't happen in novice level, you have to get to the end of the level in normal. I was like, wow, that is a great twist. You know, this 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 is a story. You know, I'm I actually suddenly think, hey, I like the story in this game. And it's a freaking shmup. Uh, and they just do a really great little twist in the smartphone mode of Death Smiles. Uh, so I've been playing that, so that's why I guess I'm not seeing your name on the leaderboards, because you're not playing smartphone mode. Um, right, yeah, no, I've been playing arcade mode. Now, now, uh, now how do you I, feel about Death Smiles' weird... Because it's very, it's very different in a, in a couple of important ways. It's weird and distinct from the other, other cave shooters. How are you feeling about it? Um, the horizontal thing. So uh, I actually, I, I'm really, I'm fine with it overall. Uh, my big problem with it uh, on the iPad is it's harder to switch sides than I would like. Um, I wish that, you could... that is not just the horizontal mode, but the fact that things come from both sides. Right. You, you have right. to decide which direction, if you're shooting to the right or to the left. Yeah. So you're having trouble, uh, what, pressing the, the turn button? Well, no, it's just that, uh, no, I, I wish that I could assign it to another side of the screen or something like that. I just don't really like its I'm pretty placement. sure you can. I think you can. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. No, <laughs> you, know, you might be right if you've looked for it and haven't been able to find it. But for the most part, I've found them, the cave shooters, pretty friendly in terms of their setups. But you might be right. That might be a limitation of Death Smiles. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, hell, it it might be. I probably didn't even. Uh, yeah, because that I'm is not, important, McMaster. Like, if you can't comfortably, no, you can change it. Of course, you can change it. Okay, because it's all about finding a configuration where you're controlling with one finger and you're just ready to tap to to change the direction that she shoots. So that that's that's key to 
especially some of the later levels where where there is a little verticality like the second level of the volcano there's a volcano level where she's moving down into a volcano and things yeah. quickly come from either side and they can be that's like, tough that's, that's actually tough. a really tough level <laughs> yeah yeah um so they mix it up and i i you know mcmaster i've just become such a huge and this has happened so quickly such a huge fan of these these types of games and specifically caves games I mean, I feel now my iPad, it's a cave machine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Like, uh, I've probably played Bug Princess the most. Okay, honestly. here's where you're in trouble, McMaster. <laughs> All right. What the freaking heck did you do to get that score <laughs> at stage one of Bug Princess 2 Black Label? Because I saw that, and I was like, hey, that's pretty good. It's just a couple million points higher than mine. I can probably beat it. I must have plugged away at that stupid level 20 times, and I've tried different things, and I still can't get within striking distance. You're still, so you've got 16 million. I've got 14 million. I'm pretty sure you either got super lucky or you're just some sort of, like, savant at shmups. What the heck happened there? You know, I actually, I can't actually match that either i i I don't really know exactly what i did i I have my guess and that is that i somehow managed to not get hit and take like grab many more gems than usual i think the highest i've gotten after that run was about 14.5 um but yeah (laughs) it doesn't help me at all I don't know what the hell happened there. I was really surprised about that as well, actually. Well, here's what I'm pretty sure happened, and, it, and it's kind of why I... It's one of the things I like about uh, these these games. Um, so you play that level. It's going to take maybe three, four minutes. Like, it's not... You sure. don't spend that much time with it. If you get hit, you know, if you... And it... And it like, if the first time you get hit, it's just going to reset your multiplier, and that's going right. to impact your score. If you actually lose a life then you're going to lose this big pool of points you get for having all your lives. So early on, if you get hit or if you screw up your multiplier or something, you know, okay, I'm not going to get a high score at this level. I should just restart. Um, right. And, and it's, it's different from something like pinball, where we've also gotten into some <laughs> sort of friendly competitive stuff with scoring. You kick my ass in pinball, especially your wife. But pinball, <laughs> there's always hope in pinball. There's never sure. never sure when the level is when you're going to lose the ball. Uh, even if you do lousy on the first two balls, on the third ball you could get all your points right there. Like pinball, hope is always alive. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a shmup like this, you're always only going to be playing that three or four minutes, however long the level is. You know yeah. early on if you've blown your score or not. So what you did, McMaster, and what I now have to sit down and play this level over and over again until I do is you didn't get hit, you didn't yeah. lose any of your bombs, you, because in Black Label you get more points, or you shoot out, or, or you knock more gems out of the enemy, I'm not sure. Either, either way, it results in a higher score. If you shoot something up close to it, you get more points. So you yeah. didn't get hit, you didn't lose any bombs, you were right up there at the top of the screen shooting things as they came down, uh, and you got through all three or four minutes of the level pretty flawlessly so yeah. now in order to for me to beat your freaking score i've got to play stage one over and over and over again and not only that mcmaster i have to do it on hell difficulty because <laughs> that also adds to your score it does actually and what's funny is that i've found that uh, on hell difficulty i perform much worse <laughs> i don't know if that's funny per se but it makes you, it makes you a better player 
it, you know, and it, and it ultimately can get you a higher score. Like that's one of the things I like is having to push your way up the skill levels, you know, the difficulty levels to improve your score. And it's not enough to just play on hell difficulty. You have to get through it and do well. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, you get uh, on hell. I think you get like five hundred thousand per bomb not used. Oh, uh, is that where it? Okay, I didn't realize that it was changing those numbers as well. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I've been, I've played a lot on hell as well, uh, just trying to like beat that score, and uh, I haven't had you know, any luck. I mean, you know, I don't really understand uh, maniac mode though. Oh, McMaster, that's where that's where Bug Princess really comes alive. That's another reason I'm really irked at you is. I don't want to be playing the stupid original mode, but I have to <laughs> to beat your stupid score. Uh, so, so Maniac Mode is all about, you have the two modes that you fire in Bug Princess, either, uh, what is it, laser or shot, I forget what they call them. It doesn't matter. There's yeah. the green yeah, firing. Yeah, so there's green shooting and blue shooting. So what you do in Maniac Mode is you shoot the green, which I think is shot. You, you shoot that level, and you watch your little multiplier climb. And then right. as it climbs, you know, you ideally you want to get it to times 9,999. You want to get it to – then you switch over to the blue level, and at that point, you are cashing in at that multiplier every shot that you convert on screen when you shoot one of the big guys. And as we talked a little bit of, with Ian last week, it is so gratifying the way that on the screen, the number of points you get, you know, the bullet changes into a number. So if you've got it to times 999 and you shoot one of the big guys that converts all the bullet of the bullets, the screen is literally filled with numbers. <laughs> nine 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 nine. And each I'm sure time, it is. Yeah, and each time you cash it in, the multiplier goes down. So at some point you then switch over to the green to get the multiplier up. But it's a classic just just see to your pants risk reward calculation going on. You're constantly, you know, do I push to get the multiplier higher? Do I cash in on it? How much is less than a level? You know, this is a tough part coming up. Here's a part coming up with more bullets I need to convert now. Uh, I love the Maniac mode. The Maniac mode, as far as I'm concerned, is where Bug Princess really comes alive. Oh, that's cool. I, I was just like, for some reason, I just had this hard time understanding the concept of Maniac mode. I, probably because I'm simple, but I mean, other than that, well, let me let me tell you, Master. One of the one of my issues with caves, they do not do their job when it comes to making those modes. You know, those modes aren't hard to understand, but they don't communicate very well what they are, and it's a damn shame because. You know, as gamers, we can all we all love this risk reward thing. I mean, it's the classic tenet of good game design, and they don't explain it well. Like they they price away potential fans, and they don't document the game well enough for potential fans. I mean, those are two huge obstacles to keep people from enjoying these really great shmups. And I can't blame you for not understanding Maniac Mode because it's not presented very well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's really strange. It's just something I. Yeah, I, I just didn't really get it at all. Was my big thing. It was kind of like, huh, okay, that seems cool. Uh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all about that multiplier. How far are you going to push that multiplier before you switch to the blue shots and, and cash it in? Yeah. So I think my high scores for a while are safe there. But I just want to say, McMaster, when you get a chance, you might be the king of stage one. But when you get a chance, have a peek at stage two. The scores on stage two. I don't want to look at stage. I don't even. I don't like stage two. In stage that game, two is so. tough. That that big old squid robot squid thing that comes out is really annoying. He has his a unique kind of shots that nobody else has, which are these big giant grains of rice or whatever they are. Uh, yeah, stage two, frozen ocean is a big pain in the butt. But right now, McMaster, I am on the I'm the cock of the walk for stage two. 
Uh, yeah, what, what is your ski? Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I, it I the thing is, I, I so I saw you were beating me on stage one. I was like grinding away, trying to beat your score. I couldn't do it. So I was finally like, well, F this. I'm going to see what he has on stage two. And I looked at stage two, and I was like, oh, great. He's got a higher score than me. Well, I'm sick of stage one. I might as well try to beat him on stage two. So I played through stage two on hell, realizing that I needed to not get hit, not get killed, you know, not blow my multiplier, sure, not, yeah. not lose any bombs, that I had to stay close to, to the targets to get more points. And I handily, like, blew past your score the first time I played. So, Oh, you bastard. Now I'm going to have to play stage two. You realize that? Ugh. Have fun, because you got you got some work to do, McMaster. <laughs> oh, I know I do. So, I mean, have you played any uh, of the others uh, extensively, or just... So, no, so Espgalu... Or, no, no, uh, uh, Bug Princess and Death Smiles are the ones I've most been playing. Espgaluda, they have their own weird scoring thing, which I kind of like... You know, it's it's the, one of the their smartphone mode is unique to the smartphone. It involves tapping the screen to to protect yourself from bullets. Uh, they also do, you know, Espigaluda kind of starts out at a, with that risk reward calculation that you only get in Maniac mode on Bug Princess. That's kind of the kernel of Espigaluda, and I yeah. like too how Espigaluda's graphics are straight up just HD. You know, Bug Princess still has. I, I mean, I love the look of it. I love the artwork, but I so kind of pine for HD for for real, like awesome retina support for a Bug Princess game. I hope one day we'll get that because Espgaluda is just boring old tanks and whatnot. Like I love the graphics, but I don't like the artwork. Um, well, right. You know, that's funny you you mentioned that because uh, Death Smiles on the 360, which is really kind of crazy, by the way, it has some interesting stuff going on. Uh, it comes with like six versions of the game uh two different 360 versions and the 360 versions have like updated graphics so it's it's kind of oh. uh, it's kind of weird yeah they they look a, well, I mean it looks like just somebody went through there and, and did like high res versions so it's uh it looks a lot better because you know death smiles of course being blown up on the iPad especially the new iPad is going to kind of look uh, suspect do you uh do you go full screen with like bug princess and death smiles you know, yeah, just because, uh, I don't know, I, uh, yeah, I do. Well, one of the reasons that I don't go full screen is because it leaves, it, it frames space. it in such a way, it leaves button space and space to move your finger around without obscuring the screen. Uh, and I feel that's kind of important. Uh, well, yeah, I uh, I don't know, I go back and forth, uh, kind of depending on whatever, but... Yeah. Well, and also it doesn't uh, like it doesn't look as good blown up. I mean, it doesn't it no. doesn't it doesn't hold up as well full screen. Like, there's no you're not really losing any resolution or anything by going partial screen. Yeah. The only thing I like about it is, of course, it makes some of the uh, shots easier to see. True. Yes. Uh, very true. Uh, that's a big part of my uh, avoiding death strategy. Um, by the you way, know, Master, have you don't don't show these games to your wife. I'm having a hard enough time with your score. I do not need Sarah McMaster blowing away my high scores. Okay. Yeah, no, I've, I've we haven't really spent much time with it, so I think you're safe for now. Okay, good, good. Yeah, the um, yeah, no, I I am pretty interested in these games all of a sudden as well. I've played a bunch of them in the last week. I, I went. And, Picked up old ones and picked. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. So you have tried Do Don Pachi. What, yes. So you've tried one of those. What? Uh, what's the unique angle there? Does it even have one? 
it's it doesn't really have much of a unique angle. It's just kind of a, a cave shooter, really. Uh, God, I'm trying to actually remember because they all start to run together after kind of a bit. Um, well, the, the thing is, I, I don't like. I, I I'm guessing it's probably not immediately apparent, but surely it's got to have some unique. I mean, given how different yeah. Escaluda, Death Smiles, and Bug Princess are, there's got to be some unique selling point to Dodonpachi Resurrection. And I, I don't know what it is, and I. Uh, but I just sort of feel like, as a cave completionist, I should find out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a. Uh, first of all, it, it looks nice, so there's that. You right. know, I mean, it actually is an HD version, so. Um, but it's all like spaceships and stuff, right? Like it's not. Uh, uh, it's not like Bug Princess stuff, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, and you're over. You're over like. Uh, you're over land, though. Um, at least in you know the first few levels. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it, yeah, it's got that that old like shooter look with the whole uh, you know yeah kind of futuristic jets. You're blowing up tons of stuff. Oh, the thing about it is you you build up a uh, score modifier based on how many hits you have in a certain amount of time, and once you actually build up enough points, you automatically go into kind of the super mode that just like it destroys uh, bullets as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's enemies right. and things like that, and uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of like a bonus thing. You're trying to build up as many destroyed and hit as possible, right? So yeah, all right. Well, it's just a matter of time before I end up with that one. I can't very well. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And you've got a little, you know, you got a few days on the cave sales. So. Right, right. Uh, and, you, and, and plus, I've got to knock your scores down. I can't let you. Uh... Well, right. Yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> So wait, so your game of the week then is? I'm gonna say Jamestown. All right. Is that HD? Mm, <laughs> probably more HD than a lot of the cave ones shooters on the iPad. Put it that way. Yeah, it actually kind of cracks me up because if you look at um, size of games on disc for like PS2 and PS3 games, uh, the shoot 'em ups are like, you know. 80 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So. A game can't be any good. 80 megabyte game, that can't be a good game. What kind of... Well, <laughs> it just kills me because, like, yeah, of course, they come out at, like, 60 bucks. Some of them sell for, you know, several hundred dollars, and it's like, yeah, that's like, you know, 50 meg. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember reinstalling um, DEFCON, which is that, uh, that, oh, yeah. that nuclear war RTS from Introversion, and it's something like 19 megabytes. <laughs> Thinking, what? Yeah. A 19 megabyte game cannot be any good. That, that makes no sense. This game should at least be 300 megabytes. No oh, less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. I mean, I think they're trying to pull something. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of weird math or something. It's an operating system issue, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, how are your home cities doing in Age of Empires 3? Uh, well, they certainly haven't been attacked in a while. <laughs> so uh, since somebody's been busy uh, hating uh, sleeping dogs. Uh, that, that, that's a lot of work, by the way. So, so the, like, sleeping dogs, you know, I, that's... That's like 20 hours of my life there, so I feel like I earned that. Uh, and I didn't hate it, because it's no uh, it's no Amazing Spider-Man. I'll, I'll give it that. If I had to sure. play either that Spider-Man open world game or Sleeping Dogs, in a heartbeat, I would play Sleeping Dogs again. Sure. Sure, I don't blame you. Uh, what uh, what else you got going? When's the last time you booted up a little uh, Pinball FX2? 
I haven't actually. You know, Sarah has played some. I haven't played uh, Pinball FX in a little while. I did see they announced some new stuff for yep. the PS3. Oh. Oh, and they also yeah, didn't they? Yeah, announce I don't care about their PS3 announcement. They've got a power game or something like that. Yeah, I don't care about that either. They've got they've got all kinds of crazy things going. They've got some kind <laughs> of uh, yeah, they've got like a castle fighting physics based yeah. game, and they've got some kind of uh, like dance move rhythm fighting game. It's like your Captain Patch thing, but it's just dudes fighting, and I don't care yes. about that. Uh, but their big announcement, and they'll be revealing more specifics at. Uh, the, at PAX, the end of this month, they're doing a table in conjunction with PopCap. Oh, hey, that's awesome. That's so, yeah, will it be a Peggle? Will it be Zuma? Will it be Plants vs. Zombies? Hopefully Plants vs. Zombies. I can't imagine it's not Plants vs. Zombies, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be. Like, you know, I actually didn't... Didn't something come out, like, a while back about, like, a... Uh, a um, like they were going to do some sort of like pop cap montage like table or something like that. I could have sworn I heard something. Well, actually, that might be another approach is to just be like a whole spread of pop cap games, and that's the theme of the table. So you might be right. Like I could see them doing that. Right. Uh, but as a zombie fan and a Plants vs. Zombies fan and a fan of plants, uh, I hope it's Plants vs. Just a, I just want a straight up Plants vs. Zombies table. That's, that's, that's a, yeah. It's a great game. It deserves it. Yeah. Um, so we'll find out more. Apparently, it will be playable at, at Penny Arcade uh, Expo. So we'll know more about that soon. When is that? Are you going to that? I'm uh, I'm hosting a, a panel. That's uh, right. Yeah. So yes, I will be there. It is the August twenty to September. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Those are the dates. <laughs> it's it's straddling the end of the month and the beginning of next month. Uh, I think it's like a Thursday through Sunday kind of a deal. Uh, so coming out yeah coming out and come to the strategy gaming panel which I'll be uh, hosting the symposium the symposium of strategy games yes and and wear a tie it's going to be a very formal affair Uh, McMaster we need you to uh, hand out the coffee and danishes oh no problem no problem (laughs) All right. so there's some news of the week some games of the week a uh, little Kickstarter action. I hope that goes well for you, McMaster. We'll, well keep you. an eye on that. Everyone, uh, at least, even if you don't want to support uh, Captain Patch, have a look. Uh, maybe yes, he'll farm you and you'll change your mind. Yes. Um, McMaster, what are we going to bring folks next week? Um, rhythm and music. I mean, ah. who could ask for anything more? That's true. Uh, and uh, maybe games and news. We'll, we'll see oh, yeah. That. Oh, right. Right. And we'll just throw that in as well. Different, different podcast, right? <laughs> uh, I am Tom Chick. This has been me and Jason N. McMaster, and we will see everyone here next week. <laughs>